Far from your home in Beirut, you gravitate to new freedoms you find as a student in the United States, from the ease of travel to the empowerment of students in the classroom. When you go back home and prepare to create your first feature film, you hold on to the ideals of these freedoms. And while your film is firmly about events in your country, its messages are universal. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of Exchange Stories. It's actually about the Los Angeles uh, Film Festival. That was very peculiar for me because I was uh, very fond of going to this festival and watching films there when I was at the university and highly regarded the way this independent filmmakers really, against all odds, were doing films and, and very courageous films. So I always thought like a dream that to me to be there and present a film one day. And uh, I remember when I got the acceptance letter from from them that this was my first response that really I was dreaming about this and this is now you're making it true and I'm very excited to actually be on the other side for for uh, for this first time. And- this week, learning how to find the story, conflict in the family conflict in the country, and the universal language of film. Join us on a journey from Lebanon to Los Angeles and using art to break down barriers. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. So my name is uh, Lucien Bourgeli. I'm uh, from Lebanon. I've done the uh, Fulbright program, uh, the scholarship program, uh, and my studies, I did them at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. It was in 2010 until 2013 in filmmaking. The first thing I remember now, for a weird reason, is my bicycle. <laughs> I I used to go every day by bicycle and enjoy the fact that I can ride my bicycle in a safe way and use it as a mode of transportation, really. It was nice because I, I haven't that, had this experience w- with the bike before. Like, I, you cannot really ride a bike in Beirut. You would be maybe crushed after five minutes with, by a car. But, but uh, I love this fact that I am not driving a car. I'm just free. My, my, you know, the, the weather is very nice in Los Angeles. I was enjoying going. One of the reasons was because I'm going on, on my bike there. I'm not, taking a car and trying to find a place to park and all these things. I was, it was a freeing experience in that sense. I was just parking directly in front of the building and then going down and at the same time enjoying the scenery and the greenery and all and the weather. And
it seems small, but it's very important that your travel, how you go there, gets you in the mood of learning. Like I was getting there, you know, actually it's scientifically known that exercise actually uh, releases something that makes your mind like directly afterwards more prone to learning and more prone to uh, more interactions. So yeah, when I was getting into class, I always felt like I'm refreshed. It wasn't a burden. Learning wasn't a burden. Unlike so many years I spent in school where I always felt like it's so such a burden to be sitting hours and hours with a teacher saying stuff and we sometimes don't want to hear or are, are bored about it and all these things. For 15 years during my school years, we never watched a film in class or we never did the play with the, with the, with, you know, we never did the things that I ended up uh, working on and passionate about and doing. So, of course, doing first thing I love to do, which is going to study filmmaking, and the way I'm going there is already very freeing. And, and that's something that I remember and I always think about. The way that things are taught in class is something that I would have loved other people to 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 know about or to share and uh, with uh, my Lebanese friends or family, which is how the relationship is between a student and the professor or the teacher. It wasn't only uh, in my own uh, university because I witnessed it also in a in a school, primary school where I went there by total chance, but I went into the class and I saw a bit how the teacher was talking with the students and how the interaction was between them. It was a two-way communication. So there was always dialogue between the teacher and the student. And this created, and this felt very important to uh, to enhance the the critical thinking of the student and to to help him at his own thoughts like not not be following only uh, whatever the teacher says is true so he can question even the teacher even a book or even any kind of until he's really confident that he had as many sources or as much uh, research possible until he can have his own form his own opinion so nothing is really forced it's more suggested and you as a as a as a as a student you are given a path where you find your way and it it empowers you in that sense and you're not only a student anymore you become part of the, the teaching process as well. Your thoughts are important. You're not only there to receive, you are there also to give opinions and also encourage the, the theoretical or encourage the whole process to become better. And even the teacher sometimes learns from you in a way or another and he's in that mindset he comes to the class, which is great. And that is something I think we miss. I missed at, at least in, in my previous education. And that's what I try to do in my uh, workshops. This is the attitude I have with the students. And this is something they at first uh, are surprised of. You know? But then they appreciate it after a while. At first they ask me, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you just saying this is how it is? And this is how you should be and whatever. Because this is what, unfortunately, they have been uh, accustomed to. Why are you so, as if you, you're giving us too much freedom to find our own path. But, but I tell them, this is exactly the purpose. And this is, I'm not teaching you to become mini-me. 
I'm teaching you for you maybe to come become better than me, than to, to find something even that I haven't thought about, but to release your creative potential. I have to give you, of course, the, the techniques and the, the insights that you need. But then from that moment on, you might even surpass me. So that's why I cannot hold you back with some preconceived ways of doing things. You might find another way. So you have to have this freedom. And this is at first uh, troubling because you might prefer one path to take other than just giving you options and you choose the best path for you because you might have your own best way of doing it. Studying here uh, in Loyola Marymount University was a really eye-opener for me, especially in terms of script writing and cinematography. Of course, I couldn't just take a camera and go film something. I could have done it, but it would have been very limiting. And I would have, now thinking about it, I wouldn't have all the right methodology to, to reach a point where I feel confident enough to finish a feature film and send it for, for uh, get it to the best possible form. To be able to do that, I had to do all these things, all these classes, and at the same time have all these discussions with the professors, which are as important as a book. I mean, their own experiences, things where they mentor the projects that you are doing and you can ask them for advice. So all these things really slowly but surely helped in informing this assurance that yes, it can be done and I can do it. And, and this is why I actually did it. If I didn't have this experience and this mentorship and these uh, great uh, interactions with professors and students as well, because also the students who were with me in the class were very enriching opinions about the scripts that are, most of my scripts were related to Lebanon when I wrote them. So they had a different perspective a bit further away which gave me something that I didn't think about. It wasn't about changing the script as per they, what they wanted, but it's sometimes just insights about how they felt about the script, which gave me a lot of ideas on how to change it. And it stayed with me afterwards, meaning I always felt when I'm writing as if somebody's giving me an advice, even though they were not at this specific stage, but it stayed with me afterwards. For example, one of my friends that I met at Loyola Marymount was one of the first who watched the film. Uh, I sent him the link, uh, got his advice. Uh, of course, this stays maybe for all your life, these uh, friendships that you form and these people that you meet, that if some, when I come to LA, I'm so happy that that to meet with them. And now even when it showed in the LA Film Festival, some of them came and watched it. Today, I work in both uh, theater and cinema. Lately, I've done a feature film cinema, and at the same time, I do give acting workshops. And sometimes I do workshops uh, for universities, like I have one now, uh, next week, uh, directing actors at Alba University. And the, uh, the program director, the dean of the school, he thought that it would be good if I uh, intervene and do this, especially that 
in the film that I did, the recent one, the, the, my debut feature film, there's a lot of work on actors. And this was noticed in many ways that the acting in the film was different. It was fresh, spontaneous, in a way that is not used to in uh, Lebanese cinema. So that's why he, uh, that was the reason why he wanted me to give that workshop at the university. I think the films that made the most impression were the Cube, Stanley Kubrick films. And uh, of course, John Cassavetes as well uh, is one of my favorite filmmakers. John Cassavetes in, in specific because he used a very new approach to filmmaking and doing low budget filmmaking. And he used a lot of improvisation in his work. He, he, he used to love that. I always feel connected with him in specific because he wanted to challenge the studio system, meaning you have this system of, of how you do a film, how you present, how you fund, how you cast, who you cast and how you market and everything. And he did something totally revolutionary at the time and did this new kind of films that got a lot of attention, but at the same time, they were freer and more courageous than uh, the what was being seen at, in the cinema at the same time. But but mostly it was more the, the way he did it. it. Like, of course, the content is amazing. And it's, of course, it's not only me. I mean, their, his films were went worldwide and everybody appreciated them. But the way he managed to do them was fascinating for me because at the end, you can think about so many stories, but they die at the birth before they get made because you're always thinking about how am I going to do this or that, uh, that story. Yeah, the film, it's a feature-length film. It, it needed a lot of time to write at the beginning. Of course, it's always hard to find the right idea to uh, to create the story that you want to tell and that you're passionate enough to to give it time and and perseverance to finish it because at the end we can have a lot of ideas that come to our mind during the day that it would be a good idea for a film i guess everybody has that uh, an idea for a book an idea for but then which idea stays with you is the idea that you find passion about and then this took a lot of time like six months to write and afterwards we uh, did a lot of castings uh, to find the actors because we didn't want the actors to be uh, famous actors in lebanon for the reason that uh, this family that is getting together, it would be nice for an audience when they look at it, not to recognize anybody that is already famous. So we found a lot of people who worked either in theater or that has never done acting before. And because I used to teaching acting, what I did is I started in the process to do workshops for them, acting workshops, before even going to rehearsals. And then we did the rehearsals and then uh, we got to the shooting. So in overall, if I want to adopt the time that we spent in editing the film and finishing it, it took almost two years to do. Mm -hmm. 
when I think about it really, why I chose this story about a family getting together on Easter lunch one week before elections in Lebanon, uh, it's mostly because I wanted to understand better Lebanon. Until now, I could say I don't, I don't still understand Lebanon or the vicious circle, why it's still from time to time going into armed conflict or uh, uh, being blocked, the government being blocked of actually uh, changing the way the, the, the current state of affairs. I wanted to understand this and to understand it, I thought to go to the first institution in this country, which is the family. And from this family to try to understand society and society, the country as a whole. But while doing this, it wasn't only about Lebanon I was thinking about. I was thinking more about the, the human element in general, humanity, and how, how are we organized? Why uh, is there dysfunction in communication? Why do we get to, to conflict and armed conflict at some point, uh, not only in Lebanon, all over the world? Because we know even today, while I'm talking to you, there's many places in the world where there's armed conflict. Why can't we resolve these things in dialogue or or even heated debates, but at least in, in words, not in actual physical action against each other? So this has fascinated me and I wanted to fascinated me in, in a way I want to understand why are we getting there every time. And this is why I got kind of uh, obsessed with the idea of seeing the birth of it. Where does it start? And I uh, started in the family to understand this. And I think I understand a bit better, of course, but I still don't have the full picture. Uh, but I hope that the film will be thought provoking enough for people who watch it and for myself, that was the case, for them to think about why are we here? What's happening? Why are society becoming dysfunctional? Is, is it related to our families, to ourselves psychologically? Or is it uh, anthropological and is it historical? Why are we here? And in case we want to answer these questions, we have to do some our own research and try to find the, the answers. Of course, the answers are not in the film, but the questions are. What I took from it is that you have to find a way, whatever it is, but you have to find a way to make the story happen without using too much resources from sources that might bind you into a very mainstream kind of uh, artistic form. And it happened. We, we managed to do it, which is very um, exceptional to be able to, to have a film with a very small budget, but at the same time have it a good quality and, and make it uh, really uh, appeal to, to a lot of people. It's, it's, it's a challenge, but at the same time, this is something that I love uh, to do because it, it challenges the whole system of how do you do art. And, and nowadays, and I feel that there's so many limitations because when, you, when you're asking for people for money and for funds and stuff like that, all these things change your story, change what you are saying. And sometimes it's for the good. Sometimes they might give you a good advice. I'm not saying that always it's for the bad. But you might uh, lose some of the integrity of the work you are trying to do while doing that. It's a risk. 
And I just think that it's possible to do it without. Anyway, all filmmakers at the beginning, most of them, because the first film is usually like, like less budget or less people involved in it, it's usually very peculiar uh, as an experience in general. Uh, but in my case, I'm, I'm feeling even now after the whole thing that this methodology that was used, I want to repeat it in a way or another because this is what made the film give it its special uh, flavor and 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 gave it this this more courageous tone for 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 Lebanon and uh, and at some point because of it was censored yeah it was censored the problem with censorship is it wasn't about what they wanted to censor it was more about the idea of subduing an artist to the whims of uh, uh, the bureau you know that we want this to be like that and you have to agree on it and then afterwards the the biggest issue i had is that they didn't want me to talk about it while the film was playing uh, in cinemas so now people who were watching the film didn't know that this cut whatever they are seeing is actually not my cut it's somebody else's cut uh, especially that in the film you have a very long shot for example at some point and they want to cut it so if you cut it it becomes like a jump cut a technical issue kind of if you are watching the film you feel there's something a bit wrong in how it's cut and it's yeah it's very annoying that you cannot say to people look this is not my work this is somebody else's work but i didn't want the whole film to be banned because that was the alternative if we don't accept the cut and uh, censorship because it would be devastating for the whole crew for the actors for everybody who worked on it to 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 just not show the film at all i had to just accept and be uh, subdued to this uh, to this uh, censorship as i was before for two plays i did before they were banned uh, and i hope that within this work or within this art uh, that is sometimes engaged or or, or thought provoking that it helps in a way or another with the public opinion to raise awareness about censorship and about how dangerous it is for uh, the progress of society I was surprised how much the American audience uh, related with the film. The film uh, in general is, is, is goes into very specific topics inside the Lebanese society and, and uh, history and politics and uh, even cultural references. So sometimes you feel that somebody from outside of Lebanon or outside the Arab world might not have this uh, directly be affected by these things. But what happened is that a lot of the audiences who came afterwards in the US, whether uh, yesterday in Washington or before in Miami or Los Angeles, uh, they told me about how similarity they felt, how similar it felt for their own uh, uh, families and lives. And they only felt that with a small adaptation of names and situations, it would become like them. And it was fascinating for them because like 10,000 kilometers away, there's a family very similar to their own doing and saying almost the same things, but if you change just the names and the situation. So it was a fascinating thing to, to watch these details and these interactions and interpersonal relationships, how they evolved in the film from their perspective.
and until now we can consider that it's kind of part of the film this year of going to festivals and 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 reaching out to audiences and like yesterday in in Washington DC at the uh, Arabian sites uh, organized by uh, Film Fest DC that was great because it was curated also by the Fulbright program and this is why I actually am here today because the it was supported by uh, the program and supported by uh, this exchange which is great because being here is totally different than just showing the film and not being here to talk about it with the audience afterwards which happened and was very engaging and I'm very happy that next week it's gonna play at uh, actually on Friday it's gonna play at Loyola Marymount University and this was an initiative of one of the professors he uh, insisted that no we have to play it and you have to come and we will do a Q&A afterwards and they invited me to come and uh, and the Fulbright Association in Los Angeles is hosting also the reception afterwards so they're also inviting Fulbrighters in Los Angeles to come and 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 be there so it's really great I'm very excited about this because uh, and i was telling the professor professor gebhard that i'm very happy that this is happening because it's great to show people uh, uh students i mean uh, at loyola marymount university show them that a, a good film can be done with less than $100,000 this film for example won until now six awards it went up to 20 international film festivals uh, the major ones, so it, it really did a very good world tour and, and, and successful one, so, and still with very limited budget, so if this could be done, if they have an idea and they don't have a lot of budget, that, that they think also that it is possible with some small tricks or some small things that can be done. I'm very happy that I will be able to transmit that to them. And in a way or another, I would feel totally like I felt in being in that room when they were bringing other people at, when I was at the university, speaking to us, telling us how they did their films, what challenges they, they faced. And this experience is, is, is so important because you feel, yes, I can do it. Why not? I can try as, at least and see where it takes me. I hope to keep doing films that have a certain thought-provoking impact on the audience which which is not only for entertainment but also for thinking about the world about us about the society where where we live and uh, using art in a way that helps society and uh, to understand itself better and for individuals to create a certain lasting impact on them for sure this is my objective this first film of course made some kind of impact but i'm surely hoping for a another film or films that make even more impact and initiate discussion on a different level.
2233 is produced by the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. This week, Lucien Bogelli shared stories about his time as a Fulbright scholar studying film at Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles. Lucian's critically acclaimed first feature film, which he references in this podcast, is called Heaven Without People, and it's been screened at film festivals around the world and has won a number of awards. For more about Fulbright and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We also encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can do that wherever you find your podcasts. And hey, if you like us, leave us a rating. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Or check us out at eca.state.gov slash 2233. Special thanks this week to Lucian for taking the time to share his stories. He was actually in Washington, D.C. to screen his film at the Arabian Sites Film Festival. And wouldn't you know that Heaven Without People won the Grand Jury Award at that festival. Ana Maria Sanitian and I did the interview and I edited this episode. Featured music was 88 by Poddington Bear, I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart by Thelonious Monk, Dryness by Ketza, and two songs from Blue Dot Session, Vernoulier and Hundred Mile. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time.